0: Hello, and welcome back to the Jess of It podcast. I'm your host, Jess Noretto. Oh, it was so nice to take a week off, you guys. It was so nice. I contemplated, and I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit skeptical of whether or not I should take the week off. I felt like, oh my gosh, I haven't missed a week. I needed a break. I needed a break. I have some other things that I'm working on, other ventures that I'm excited about. And I just needed a little itty bitty break uh, for my sanity, for my mental health. And I took it and it feels great. And we're back today with a guest. And I am so freaking excited for you guys to hear from this guest. I swear, I feel like every time I say I have a guest on, I'm super excited. And I think that just goes to show that the people that I bring on to my podcast I genuinely, like, I'm not just bringing people on because I want to have people on. Like, I am bringing people on who have stories to tell that I feel bring, like, valuable information that someone else can understand and it would resonate with. Today, we are going to be talking to the one and only Karen Martinez. You may know her as Mama Bear says on Instagram, but I know her as cousin. I have known her my entire life, and to see the online presence that she has built is in. Insane to me. But it's also like really cool because it's like, I know her. She has 53,000 followers on Instagram, you guys. She is kind of a big deal. And she is here today. We are going to be talking about motherhood. We are going to be talking about mental health. We are going to be talking about cycle breaking and generational trauma and just all the things. So stick around. I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I am so excited and just passionate about it. Um, And just really excited to like get into her brain and see what it's like to be a mom, a badass mom in the era of social media and all the things. So let's get into it. Like, I mean, do, uh, and mine aren't that far apart. Like mine are like, I think like 19 months apart, but. Oliver was just a different breed of like child, and like even sleeping, like I remember I sleep trained him, and I was like, oh, he, I didn't even have to like sleep train altogether because he just slept through the night. He's the good. first night I put him in, <laughs> I guys still I, oh, don't, dude. I'm telling still you, don't
1: sleep through the night. Oh, I hear, me.
0: I hear like crying in the middle of the night, and I like get I've never felt anger toward a child like toward a crying yes child and I'm just and like dude too. sleep sleep yes. like <laughs> and I'm like
1: I can hear yes. my they're, echo in the about to turn and I'm four. like they're about to turn four and they still don't necessarily always sleep through the night and they trade off like like do they one, not realize and the worst part is is like I like we've done like we talked we did the sleep coach thing we had them on like on a good routine and then it's like Either they get sick or growth spurts or whatever, and then it's disrupted completely mm-hmm. all over again. But because there's two, yeah. it's like one is for like, and then we sleep for like two days and then it's the next guy's turn. And I'm just like,
0: they like feed off each other. Huh? Oh, you guys are
1: killing me. Like I told, like it really, there was a point in my life where I really thought we could handle one more. Like I really was like, maybe we got have one more. And the lack of sleep really is like, no, you can't,
0: you can't do that anymore. <laughs> well- Okay, so I felt so dumb because my friends that are starting to have babies now, I'm like, oh, speaking off of just like with Oliver, I was like, oh, um, you've been sleep deprived before. Like, I promise you, you can handle this type of sleep deprivation. And now experiencing it the way that Nathan, like the way it is with him, I'm like, I take it back. I (laughs) I take it back. I don't know what kind of kid you're going to get. No. And I told Carlos all the time, I'm like, if we hadn't already decided we were done after two, like, he would have for sure made me be like, we're done done after two. Yeah, Yeah. it's just. Yeah, it was like the the weirdest. I, I feel like I'm a brand new mom all over again. They humble And then like what worked for one. Yeah. What worked for one doesn't work for
1: the other. That it will be like that forever. I feel like I I feel like it's a constant cycle of like I got this I got this I got this oh crap I don't have it oh oh, I got this I got this again oh wait no
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and like I and the thing is like I need predictability like I need just a little bit of like I just need to know and it's so freaking hard the
1: crazy part about that is that that is all us
0: yeah you know what I mean
1: like wanting to Mm -hmm. be in control Like that's been one of the hardest things for me to have to let go of is control because I have always had, but let's, let's, let's jump into this because it has to do with, with for me, like a defense mechanism. If I was in control and everything, I could do everything that I was not going to be criticized or told anything or whatnot. So it became this, like, I had to be perfect, perfection or nothing. And you can only survive that way for so long. Before you are kind of forced, typically by your kids, to rethink the way you've been wired this whole time, and now what am I going to do about it?
0: Yeah. So I actually okay, you you um you put up a story what like two days ago when you you were at the kids swim class. Oh yeah. And I thought it was such a good little like experience that you had because I was actually going to talk to you about something very very similar. So. Can you share that experience first? And then I want to ask you something about it.
1: Okay. So my two kids, the twins are three, almost four. Mm -hmm. They both have some class together. Always the same teacher for the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. Lincoln is very much so a routine person. You cannot just Mm -hmm. change things last minute. Everything has to be front loaded. Um, You just, he's very particular and his temperament is very zero to 100, just real quick. And Mm -hmm. we walk into swim. I had no idea there was going to be a sub. We walk in and his teacher's there already, right? And she looks at me and knows, knows this kid already looks at me and goes, they told you, right? We, I have a sub today. I am training some new hires. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, no one said anything. So at this point I'm telling him, Hey, you're going to have a different teacher today. And he's like, no. And starts screaming. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Finally, he's like, okay, goes in the water 10 minutes. And then he's like, no, gets out of the water, is screaming, crying. Like, I'm talking about, like, you would think somebody was hurting this child with
0: the just the yeah.
1: high, and he has a really high pitched, and we're inside this enclosed pool, and he's just screaming. <laughs> the echo. And the echo. And I am just like, at this point, that's typically when I would start to be like, oh my God, they're watching me. What are these parents thinking? What mm-hmm. am I gonna do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This dad who happened to walk in right when I walked in with all three of the little ones is yeah. just like, I could see him like looking and just smiling and looking and smiling. And I'm just like, mm, I'm trying really hard not to lose it. Right yeah. Grab him I take him into the changing room, come out and he's still screaming, crying. And at this point, I usually, there is about a 45 minute gap between their swim class and Leah's swim class. I bring the tablets and I'm like, okay, we're going to sit down and do some apps, mm-hmm. sit down with them. And that's what we do. So that they could sit and stay in place while she's doing swim. Because if not, I have to leave. And yeah. I don't like to necessarily walk away while in the middle of swim class. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can't give it to you yet. Like it wasn't Leah's, t- Leah's time. And I said, okay, we c- we're going to wait. We have to get her ready. He's not having it. I finally am like, okay, here you go. And I give it back to him. And this whole time, I'm just like, you know what? I understand. It must be hard. You have a different teacher. You don't know this person. Like it's Okay. But you're right here. I'm not going to make you go in. Just kind of reiterating to him, like, you're not going in, okay? Trying to get him to calm down. Mm -hmm. When he's up there, there, I kind of have to just kind of let him write it out. And I just am there. Physically there waiting for him to come down to a point where I can explain to him and talk to him and have a conversation. We have the conversation. I walk out Mm -hmm. to go tell the front girl, like, all right, when's my makeup class? Because (laughs) nobody told me this and he comes out and he's i thought yeah. he was waiting to speak to her cuz he's just standing there very patiently and then he goes hey i just wanted to let you know you handled yeah. it really well he goes you did a really great job he was like there was parents that would have been yelling would have lost it by then i just wanted you to let you know you kept your mm-hmm. composure you kept calm for him and i just thought you should know like you did well i could have hugged this man like i really was like oh my god because <laughs> inside i was literally like Fighting the way I'm naturally programmed, which was yeah. to get at that level and want to control this little person because mm-hmm. there's people watching and this and that, you know? And I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just focused on him. I just canceled off everything else and just focused on him. And it was, it just really like there's so many times where you might see a parent struggling or anything like that. And the majority of the people that are going to speak up are the ones that are going to go and criticize you for it. Why can't you control your child? Your child's loud, blah blah blah, and have some negative thing to say. But even if you're thinking like, "Oh man, this poor mom must be having a rough day," you're less inclined to go and tell this person that, like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. it looks like you're like you're having a rough day. Like, I hope it gets better." Just anything that just lets them know, like, "I'm seen and not in a judgy way." I, it really, it really made a huge impact like i just i just kept thinking about that because it made me feel like my efforts were seen by a stranger you know he noticed yeah. that i was trying to keep my calm he was not but yeah. there was a lady next on the opposite side of where he was that was like definitely rolling her eyes and making the faces and mm-hmm. oh my god and i'm like you're at a swim school for kids
0: like yeah like what do you expect what yeah. do
1: you expect you know what i mean like don't
0: go out in public. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's kind of okay because when when I was listening to it I was like oh my god I thought of two things instantly one I was like before kids I would have been the person that's like oh my kids would never behave like that in public and then two definitely the mom that was like hey you need to stop it now and like because as much as I love like my parents to death I came from a background of you scream I can scream louder and that's what I that's the urge I'm, I'm constantly fighting and i fail a lot so like my thing is how 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 were you in a situation oh, where you you were supposed like therapy. everything inside of me was like <laughs> how does she not because you know and like because you want to prove to these other people too like no i swear i have it under control like i swear and like part of it how is how you therapy. just zone out everybody else
1: um i've been in therapy for two years Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things is I I came from a house of yellers like the, the same my mm-hmm. dad was it, nothing ever really got spoken to you like it just kind of yeah. was always up here if they yeah. if you needed to listen you know like mm-hmm. the, you got yelled at oh my god you better do what you got to do and right. now I see the effects of that on me yeah. as an adult and one of the, like the hardest mm-hmm. things that I think like our parents or grandparents just generations prior have a hard time understanding is like, we're not saying you're a bad parent. Like we know that you did what you Mm -hmm. could with what you had. This is not about you. Like, because I want to do things differently. And because I don't want my kids to kind of like function the way I've had to function as an adult. Like now I could see how those things affected me. So I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. to my kid but they take it personal and it's not personal yes it's just yeah. now we have the data i feel like i would be a fool to ignore it if i see this information exactly. that's coming out and saying you do this this is probably what's going to happen and i'm experiencing it why ignore it just because someone already did it so where we have we need to evolve like we can't just continue to do the right. same things so therapy right. has been one of the first things because to be honest until you can properly identify your own emotions and be in control mm-hmm. of your own emotions, you can't be, you're just not able to like zone out the people because a lot of right. that, a lot of the feeling of like you, it, it it comes from that. It comes from like the idea of like, oh my God, people are judging me and thinking I'm a bad parent because I can't control my kids, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. who cares? who cares? This is a random person. Like who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like a lot of it is, um, this perception and it comes from, from, um, at least for me, uh, I always had to show up some type of way with everybody. And you kind of start to learn how you need to show up for each person. And so when you're Mm -hmm. out in public like that, you need to, you might have this idea that you need to be this, like, in control i have it all together type of parent and Mm -hmm. your little people are far from able to control their own emotions right you just kind of have to you it really is you work through your own stuff you work through your own stuff and once you're able to kind of work through your own stuff then you're able to separate yourself his emotional response is not at all reflective of me as a parent that right. is like huge. He his emotions can be up here. Mine don't have to be. I don't have to mm-hmm. let him affect me like that. I can choose to stay down here, but it it right. it you have to have control of yourself, and realize that that's right. all you can really control. You can't control these little people.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's it's funny that you said like the way that you grew up in a home of yellers because I feel like I my dad was also a yeller. My mom was not. And I think I always said, like, I'll never allow screaming in my home that way. But I think the reverse happened for me. I became the yeller. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't gonna stay quiet. So I was gonna be the one who was yelling. And I don't like it. (laughs) But I think like now that my kids are Do you know why you yell? I, I don't. I Okay, I think, and I know this is wrong because when I like think back on situations, I'm like that the hat like it's not the same thing. But I feel like me yelling is like establishing my authority. Yeah. But like it goes in one ear and out the other for him. For the, well, more so for Oliver, because he's two.
1: What I've but, learned is we typically yell when we don't feel like we're being heard. So oh, yeah. For especially like you said, it goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. You start to get to a point where it's like, okay, well, how many times can I repeat myself? And Before then it feels you like finally the, listen. Then you find yourself like the only way they'll listen is if they yell. Yeah. But there's more, I think, um, to how we say things depending on the child too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like one child will take things one way and the other one won't.
0: Yeah. And I actually experienced that with you when the last phone call that we had and i yes. i wanted like oh my god i was gonna like, Should have like started i started recording to, that conversation <laughs> i was like i need to commend her on this i swear to you we hung up and i went to carlos and i said carlos this isn't even an exaggeration but it was like <laughs> 2 hours and every like 10 minutes a child needed something and and it was like mom 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 and i'm like i could hear in her voice the like, okay, like what? Okay. And like, the and the built and the (laughs) built. And it was just finally like, okay, like you tell me how to help you. But I said to him, not once did she ever snap at them for saying like, hey, I'm on the phone. Hey, do you not see me? Not, not once was it ever like, and I'm not saying she was calm the whole time, Mm -mm. but it was never (laughs) like a, like a shut up type of thing. And I was like, that to me, I was like, that was really cool. Because even though a conversation that probably didn't have to last that long did because of how long you had to or how often you had to stop, you were meeting your children's needs. Like they knew they could continue coming to you. There was never that fear of like, oh, I need to ask mom something. But like, because you would have stopped everything. And I think that because another thing, too, is with you being on social media, I think it's easy as a viewer to think, oh, that has to be staged. Oh, of course, uh-huh. like... like, Why is everything oh, so perfect? Like, <laughs> oh, she's just acting. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So to see it or like to experience it, I was like, oh, that's what it looks like <laughs> in real life. Not like the perfectly scripted, you know yep. what I mean? And I was yep. just like, that was actually... But it was like a perfect example of you being one mom to one child, one mom to another child, one mom to another child. To another child. And I thought whoa like that was way more effective than trying to just be like you guys have to be the kid for me that like that that fits the style of mom I am yes type of thing you know yes Uh, yes yep
1: One hundred. and it has to go back to that that showing up a certain way and and I that's been my struggle my whole life is I will be who you need me to be but not who
0: I am but also and you and I have this in common which is and because I feel the same way is you and I are the eldest daughter. And I think there was put there was responsibilities put on us that we should shouldn't have had that early on. Oh girl, and when we I, told both you I was have,
1: thinking last night
0: this was one thing. Yeah. We Oldest. we and, and we both have well, yeah, I have two younger brothers and you have a brother and a sister, but there was like, there was always this. And also what's the age gap between your siblings?
1: Um, Gio and I are three years and almost four years, three years and like 11 months. But then uh-huh. between him and my sister, it's 10 years between her and I, it's almost 14 years apart.
0: Oh, okay. So, so. Uh, so 14 years like she's old she's 19 your sister's right born 33
1: i have no interest in, in, in a lot of you know what i mean like at that age like i'm yes high school like i
0: yeah but you, but there was probably expectations on you of absolutely not, because i'm like old enough expectations to beyond yes yes and i think and i understand that dynamic i do because like i get it but i also think that very early on we are being fed this message that we need to live for other people like don't get pregnant but you're also kind of a mom and, and that's that, like a and, and really i got weird pregnant place to really live young. In.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and you know what um for me too um and I, I actually literally was thinking about this last night when i was thinking about today was mm-hmm. on top of being the oldest daughter i am first generation
0: Whereas mm-hmm.
1: your parents were the first generation. So on yeah. top of that, I had to deal with stuff where like communicating with people that I should not have been communicating with um, because of the language barrier, Right. because my parents could not speak English well enough mm-hmm. to have some of these conversations with like mortgage companies, for example, or like things right. like that. Like I learned about things that I should not have learned about when I was like way younger. Yeah. And that's one big thing that we try really hard not to put the responsibilities that I feel are beyond them. And I struggle a lot with my oldest because, um, so your people don't know this, but she's not biologically my husband's. So she was five when my husband and I started dating and Mm. he, he says he inherited her. (laughs) So he (laughs) inherited her and we struggle a lot because when she leaves the dad's house, she Mm. is in charge of all this stuff. And, and she is the, she has a little sister that's like 10 years younger. Mm. And when she comes back here, we have to like reframe that to like, you're a kid. Don't worry about that. That's not for you to be concerned with. Like you just come along for the ride. Like you worry about kid things and that's it because we're trying really hard to like not have to push her into roles that she doesn't have to be in yet. Enjoy yourself. Like on top of it, I had her when I was 19. I missed out on Mm them whole array of experiences and I'm like mm-hmm. no stay young stay carefree like you don't have bills girl you you go breathe and and live and be happy like just be a kid and a lot yeah. a lot of it is that it's like we have those responsibilities we had roles that we had to step into um because we were the oldest and 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 yeah. yeah be be a mom and you you know you it's your responsibility to take care of your brother but in reality it's like it's it's not it's not your it's responsibility not, yeah. as a
0: kid. Yeah. And that's actually something that my husband and I because we we both are doing individual therapy and that's something that we kind of talk about back and forth because when we have like just like our conversations at the end of the day or whatever mm-hmm. and we'll talk about like our families and like what's going on within our families and I tell him like you know, it's not our job. Cause he's an older, he's the oldest too. Mm. And I tell him like, you know, it's not our job to fix their problems. And he's like, yeah, but, and it's like, no, I know it's it sounds really harsh. like, I know it sounds like, but it's Ooh. like, we don't have to jump in. And I do that. I have like, I have a tendency and sometimes it's really hard because like my mom and I were not close when I was a kid. Like she was very much so like with my brothers. And then I was mm. very like, it was like a daddy's girl. Yeah. And it wasn't until I became a mom that she and I started developing like a a much better relationship. And I tell Carlos all the time like she and I can now because there's like a level of equality between she and I now because mm-hmm. we're both wives, we're both moms. And sometimes she'll share things with me and I take it as a daughter and not so much as like a peer and I want to jump in and like or like I stress over it or whatever. And I'm like why do I care about the way that a more mature marriage is like operated. Like that's not my marriage to jump into. And to to make that uh conscious decision with your own kids, like it it's really hard to not because we I don't I catch my
1: boundaries. Boundaries right. is like the biggest thing is I feel like we were not raised to say no or no to draw lines.
0: There was no, no and then if you I, do yeah. feel really bad about it. Yeah, then they, like get, or they you or you get guilt
1: tripped about it or like whatever. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things like for me, actually, I feel like it's I've actually separated from my my parents and my brother, like the relationship with them. And like mm-hmm. we've had conversations about this, especially with my yeah. brother, like lately. And it was just like for me, um, they're all still very much intertwined, like mm-hmm. with like with what happens with my brother and his family and my, and, and so on and so forth. For me, I have to draw a big separation. And one thing that I think yeah. um, it's hard to like adequately explain without feeling like I'm going to hurt their feelings or anything like that is the mm-hmm. idea that like this is my family now, my yes. four kids and my husband and I. Yeah. That's our family. And now you guys are the extended family. And these yes. people go first. This is my Always, bubble. Yeah. And then, it, but I also think and and I, I know this just from the dynamics within my mom's brothers and sisters and everybody, they are still very much yes. so intertwined with each yes. other. There are no, really no real boundaries like between them. And, and I feel like part of it is like a cultural thing for us because, mm-hmm. you know, Mexicans, we'd be like this all the time with each other. All the
0: time. Yeah. All the
1: time. And so for her to understand that, like, I'm sorry, but like, that's not my priority anymore. And I'm not going Mm -hmm. to get overly involved. That's been a hard adjustment. And I don't think that it's, um, I don't think that they see it the way that I, or the reasons why I'm doing it. They take it very, very personal and like, um, they get hurt by it. Whereas for me, it's like, I can't take on our problems and your problems and my brothers and like, I can't do that. But we were never Mm -hmm. raised to say no. And that's been one of my Biggest struggles with every part of my life is being able to say no and not feel guilty about it, to not feel guilty about putting myself first. Because it is true, if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anybody. Mm -hmm. But taking care of yourself was not encouraged. It was not like the like I think about in the future, if my kids decide to have kids, like what I what type of grandma I would want to be. How would I support them? You know what I mean? Like at that point, they're the ones in the trenches, not me. My kids are growing it out, you know? So how am I going to be be able to support them and also teach them that like, you can't say, no mom, you need to back away and stay, you know, back off a bit. Like I need some space. We weren't raised to do that with anything. I over attend to, and I'm working really hard not to say (laughs) yes to a bunch of stuff that I have no business saying yes to. I yes. am now consciously looking at my calendar and being like, there has to be at least one weekend where we don't do anything. I don't care. Yeah. I have no birthday parties, no nothing. And then the idea of when you say no, you don't need to justify that.
0: Yes, because that that's has my been problem. the hardest part. Yes. Yes. I'm always like, no, because and whatever and like, reason
1: nope. needs to seem like a good enough reason when in reality yes.
0: you it's can just, just don't want not want to wanna
1: do it. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's my issue too. And it's funny because <laughs> like you were saying how like with Mexicans, it's like everyone's always doing things together. And it's funny because now that like I have kids and my brother has a baby and my cousin has a b- like it, there's mm-hmm. kids now. So everyone wants to be together all the time. And I something I have to explain more so not to my parents, but more so to like the extended extended family is like I have in-laws and they have to see the kids too. Mm-hmm. And like holidays no like so this last christmas um there was a little bit of tension just because we chose to spend christmas day with my Mm in-laws and it was like but we always spend it together i understand (laughs) but i have in-laws and my poor husband has never like pushed for that and it literally took me being in therapy to be like hey you've never asked for this is this something you want to do? And he was like, well, yeah, but I just thought I couldn't ask because it's always been this way and this and that. And, and it's really hard, like, for people, like, they still see me as this little girl that's always like attached at my parents hips. And it's like, I have my own life, my own Mm -hmm. family, like, I like, I'm not even with my parents every weekend. So that it, it is really hard to set those boundaries, especially with like, like, my grandma's and it's really hard to, like, not hurt those feelings and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, like, I I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to live the way that I saw my mom live. And it's funny because when I had Oliver, I, I remember there was one day, Carlos was like, hey, do you want to go get ready? Just get ready. And I was like, I can't get ready. I'm a mom now. And he was like, what?
1: What, what is that? And I was like. <laughs>
0: like moms don't get ready but that was just this like idea that I felt like I became a mom and I chose to become a mom so I didn't have a right to so you had to
1: like you can't complain because no. these were your choices
0: no yeah. and I was like so and it, it's taken a lot of work to be like I you know what I'm gonna go do this for myself and I used to my self-care used to be doing my hair and my makeup and now I'm like no like that's not self-care like that's some I have to do that that's hygiene like no
1: mm-hmm.
0: yep and it's that's been hard too to not feel guilt over like if I hear Everything. the kids yeah and I'm like and it happens often where I'll yep. like I'll be doing my own thing and then I hear the kids and I come running and Carlos is like what are you like I, I got, got them. him go like, go but I also did grow up in a home where my dad <laughs> Like my dad was very much so a provider, but he was not like a, he wasn't like a in there with us type of thing. And it's hard for me. Carlos is like the most involved dad, like I've ever like seen. And it's hard because I'm like, oh no, he's doing too much. Like he's the dad. He shouldn't. And it's like, why, (laughs) why not? Like,
1: yeah. And and see, like I that was the same way. And I think like with my, my, my dad, it was the same thing. I mean, to this day, like that man is working all the time. And then, yeah, yeah, like they're always working and, you know, we had grandma because at some point my mom was working too. And we had grandma. Mm -hmm. That's who, that's Mm -hmm. who we, you know? Um, and like now I see the same thing and I, and I had actually on Saturday, we had, a a birth, like a, promotion party for um mm-hmm. one of his cousins and the night before I said hey are you okay just going by yourself with the kids like it was literally just like his grandparents and dad and the aunt mm-hmm. and that was it right I said are you okay going like it's at your aunt's house like and he was like why is it like, you just want to date to yourself and I was like honestly like and I love what I do right so like getting to work is fun and it's me time and it's but getting to yeah. work uninterrupted Where I'm not like stopping to go do this and stopping to go do that. And the house is quiet and not chaotic. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to get some work done. And he said, okay. And he took off with all of the kids. But that morning as they're getting ready, I'm like, I think I'm coming with you. And he goes, no, (laughs) don't do this. And I'm just like, I think I'm just going to come with you. And he's like, no. He's like, why? He's like, then you're going to be stressed all week because you didn't have time to get something done or set yourself up for the week. He was like, no, I got this. And he did. He took off. I was like, oh, my God, every now and then, like, when they were on the on the commute tracking his location. Because my mind yes. goes straight to, like, if something happens and I'm not there, like, just I'm not preventing anything from happening. Like, I have no superpowers that are going to stop a car yeah. or, like, I can't do any of that. But, but just, just the fact, fact, fact that you're there. That, like, yes. That would somehow yeah. bring me comfort, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, I was just like, okay, they made it safe. Okay, cool. Got my work done. They came home with Nerf guns. Apparently, he took all the kids by himself into Target, threw all of them in a shopping cart, and went and bought Nerf guns. And it was like the coolest <laughs> experience. And, and I'm, they're like, oh, you went with all yeah. of them by yourself? Yeah. Like, I oh do that my God. too.
0: Oh. I do that too. And I'm like, why, why? Like, and it's funny. Cause, and I don't know if you get this, like if you feel like this on like your harder days, but then I, I have to catch myself because when I'm having a really bad day, I start to think like, oh, it must be easy to be like the fun parent. Oh, it must Woo! be easy girl. to, I have to watch like, my, my attitude. Yeah. And, and like, I, I have a harder time doing that. So I have Me to too. say sorry more often, but it's yes. like, sometimes I like, actually this happened two nights ago um again my my more troublesome sleeper was having a really hard time going down for bed and my and the thing is because when I you know Carlos works nights so bedtime has to be like very uh like there has to be a routine because I have like I have to know this one's down and good so now I can focus on this one and get him down Mm -hmm. and so Nathan is just not having it, and he's like screaming, and he doesn't want to be held, but he doesn't want to be put down, and I start panicking. So what do I do? I call Carlos. Like if he's gonna like teleport, give me a magic answer. And and we're going out of town this weekend, so he's like, "Hey, I'm at Old Navy really quick. I have to pick up a shirt." And I go, "So I I, I'm pissed. Like how dare he? Because you're like, Uh, I'm sorry,
1: you had time to go instead of rushing
0: home to help." So I'm like, I'm like, Nathan's doing this, and he goes. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, what do you need me to do? That was like the wrong thing for me to hear at that it's exact moment. I got the
1: wrong thing. Yeah.
0: I go, you know what? I'll figure it out. And I hang up on him and I felt really bad about it, but it was just like, like that thought of like, Oh, if he was here, I bet none of, none of this would have happened. Like they save all of this for me. And yes. I start to, I start to think, Oh, he's the fun parent. Oh, he gets the easy mm. job. Oh, it must be nice to be dad. Like, yeah. Dads don't have to do what moms have to do. So how do you in those moments, because again, like my, Ooh. my, my days are tough, but I also think I'm in like the thick of it because I have itty bitty babes. Yep. Like I have the really hard, and I'm not saying that your days are any easier, but also you have twice as many kids as I do and you very much so work, at least it seems round the clock. All the like, time. Like how, There's how do you, how do you. Like, how are you and your husband able to, like, stay grounded in, hey, like, you and I are a team. We're not against each other.
1: Uh, Honestly, a lot of it is him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest uh, because I feel like um, and not necessarily from a healthy perspective because he's actually looking into therapy, too. He was raised more of, uh, you know, the like, why are you crying? Do you need a reason to cry? Like, push your emotions down. So like tougher yeah. yes, so he uh, does not necessarily know how to like identify his emotions a lot of the times or even like comfortable enough like releasing them. and so he struggles mm-hmm. with like that part, like the emotional part and for me, I'm on the polar opposite. I'm like all emotions, no no logic, and he is all in his head and feelings are like not a thing. So mm-hmm. um sometimes they can complement each other because if I'm yeah. emotionally just out of control, but he doesn't come at it with like a little bit of emotion. Like he's got to have to like kind of tweak it. Like we just have to have learned to communicate. Yeah. (laughs) Really communicate. And it is. And actually my last therapy session last week was about this idea where I was feeling super overwhelmed. Um, The kids had been, I swear they were sick all school year. The two little ones were like if one week and the next week and the next week and the next week. And like at this point, it was like they had gotten sick again. And I was super frustrated because Mm -hmm. I work for myself. So I don't have anyone to report to, which means that my job is the flexible one and the the responsibility ends up falling on me. He's got Mm -hmm. to be on the clock at certain times in meetings, this and that. He can't just be like, sorry, boss, you know, unless it takes a day off. Um, yeah. and it, you're the default up, parent. I am. I'm the default parent. And I end up, um, overstimulated. Uh, yeah. there's too overwhelmed with the amount of responsibilities. And that's kind of where I was feeling. And I watching her therapy and I'm telling her I'm snappy. And I'm, and she yeah. was like, like, as of like normal, like I said, no, I said right now, I think I'm just overwhelmed with all the responsibilities and mm-hmm. I'm snappy. And so that was my whole conversation was about like, figuring because one of the things is like figuring out what we actually need and in the heat of the moment we might not even know because one thing she laid out was like you do men are just their brains are wired differently so you do need to like lay it out to them Mm -hmm. and it ends up frustrating me that like he doesn't just know to do these things if he (laughs) if I tell him he'll do them but he you know a lot of times he's like I can't read your mind and I'm like Why? Why can't you read my mind? Like you're just supposed to know. And there are things that I do expect him to know already. But then there's a lot that like, I can't have him guess that I'm feeling really crappy right now because I, the kids have been some type of way today and I'm feeling overwhelmed or, you know, whatever it is, if I don't communicate it. And a lot of it really just comes down to like checking in on each other how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Is everything good? And having the conversations. And sometimes um, it is like a argument that like cools and then we can have the conversation and we just kind of have to like hash it out like that. But a lot of the time, to be honest, it's like it ends up being him that reminds me like, you are not doing this alone. Because a lot of the times in my head, I am. In, the head, in my head, like I am. That. It feels like it. Because yeah, and this is just something that I just don't think that they will understand is just like the mental load that we carry.
0: Yeah. We just, mm-hmm. we
1: just do like, I'm the one sitting here yeah. like, okay, what do I have to prepare for the next school year? Okay. Like in two months, what do mm-hmm. I need to do? What do I need to make sure that we have and this and that? If I make this man a list or a schedule or whatever, where it's out and I go, this is what I need you to handle. He'll take care of it. Yeah. But I get frustrated with like, well, why don't you know that we're supposed to do all these things?
0: Because even creating that me? list or that schedule, that's a lot. That's on work. You. Yeah, exactly. and that's another that. Yeah, that's kind of our issue too. Because Carlos is very like, "What do you need help with?" And I'm like, "You realize you asking me, you just gave me an additional task to like." Now I have to figure this tell out. Tell you. you. Yeah, and that's that's a really hard balance. I I sometimes feel like I suffer more for that reason because I'm just like, forget mm-hmm. it, I'll just do it myself. Um. But but yeah, it's really hard. I actually. It's funny because how you said like a lot of times <clears throat> it's your husband reminding you that you're not alone. That happened recently with us where I like I had made I was just like I was just not having a good day. I'm like bawling and I say to him like I'm just sick and tired of feeling like a single mom and he was like like, excuse why me, why would you feel that way like like yes. you have me here like you need to yeah. and and I think it's that too. but also in our homes, like the load was on our moms, like it was. they were the ones who, and it's when so when I had Oliver, I said to myself, and I think it was like something that I've stood by, but I'm almost a, a upset that I've done that I, I've stuck with it for so long. I had said, because when I was a kid and my parents would go out or my parents needed us to stay with my grandma, for whatever reason, my grandma's always said, yes, but they mm-hmm. always told us how irresponsible my parents were, how we needed to be oh. with them. And this is and that, and like, and all things they should have been either saying, no, I can't watch the kids this time, mm-hmm. or saying to my parents, like, it shouldn't mm-hmm. have, have been to said you. to us. And no, and when I was pregnant, I said, one thing I will not do is I will not like my kids are going to be with me. Because. Mm-hmm you know, like, I'm not going to give people and me thinking my mom is going to do the same thing to me. I'm like, I'm not going to give people like any ammo to just like, you know, throw back at me. And I've done it like it's I can count on one hand, the amount of times that Oliver has slept over my parents house, like he he's never slept over my in-laws house. And but every single time that he stays, I struggle, I struggle. And it's like, and my parents are like, no, have him stay like we want him to stay whatever. And I like, I'm just like, it's this thing that I like set for myself. And now, now I'm like, I should be sending them every weekend now that they're closer to me, but it's just, it's what we saw. It's what we like, what we were modeled. So I'm curious, like with you being in therapy, with you navigating through like your emotions and just mental health in general, very differently than it was with you. Like, is this something you're modeling to your kids? And I mean, obviously, yes. I know that they're very different, like they're different ages. So I know a, like uh, it's going to be age appropriate. But are there things that now they're picking up in how they handle their or try to handle their emotions?
1: Yes. Uh, Leah specifically likes alone time and she will tell you, mm-hmm. OK, can you leave and leave me alone for a bit? <laughs> and, you know, in the way she's saying it, you're just like, oh, all right. But I understand okay. what she's doing, which is, like, I'm tapped out. After school, she liked to come home, watch a cartoon. She didn't want you yeah. in there. She didn't want to be bothered. She wants the door closed. She just wants to literally lay back on the nugget in there and throw her feet up and watch <laughs> something and decompress from just, I think, yeah. having to be to put together at school, right? Yeah. I see that in her. Another thing is, like... Um, Mine, I can't remember the last time they slept over at anybody's house, but like last year was the first time we left and left for like mm. multiple days. And we yeah. um we left them with my godmother here in our home. Yeah. And it was like the funniest part was that when I'm leaving, I'm feeling all the guilt. Ooh, the moment that plane took off, I was like, kids, who? Where are those kids? I don't have them here. Yeah, Marcos was like, oh, man, I can't wait to get back to the kids. And I was like, I could probably use another day. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably use another day. But one of the things is like (laughs) they they see us go on dates. We try really hard to do either um, leave the house every at least once a month, twice a month if we can. And then um, we'll do like dates in home. Right. So like once everybody's mm-hmm. asleep, we'll go into the backyard or whatnot, or we'll watch a stay up and watch a movie, whatever it is. Um, and then what I hear her, especially Leah, constantly tell the boys, oh, they're gonna go on another date. They're always going on dates. Why do you <laughs> guys need to and then why do you guys need to go on dates? And I'm like, you know what? Because this is mom and dad's break, and we need to go and mm-hmm. be with each other and go hang out. And she's like oh my god okay whatever so i see them like they're conscious of it they're conscious that like we are taking time to like take care of us and they Mm -hmm. see me take off and sometimes they want to tag along all the time where are you going yeah i'm gonna go do this i want to go and i'm like you know what this is me time right now okay like we're gonna stay home oh all right then but i start to see them um want that want that like time to themselves and be okay Mm -hmm. with asking it and be okay with with um i mean they're they're little so like the way that they worded is like very like you know gut punch status and you're like yeah. okay but yeah i'm like they're still doing it you know what i mean so i'm like they're still understanding that like if you feel overwhelmed and you want to be away from people you can be away from people you don't have to just continue doing what you're doing like take your time that you need take care of yeah. what you need and then we'll come back and reconvene and she'll come back and, and be like, okay, or if, even if she gets um, with her more so just because she's a little bit older and the boys are kind of starting to learn how to navigate their own emotions, she will get upset. And once she calms down, she comes and tells me, you know what, mom, this is how I was feeling. I'm sorry that I yelled. I didn't, you know, and whatnot and have mm-hmm. those conversations because one of the biggest things and I don't know about you, Jess, but I never heard sorry from my parents. Oh, me either. For a reaction. Me if we got yelled mm. at, whatever it was, we never got told sorry. And no, I noticed it like spilling something, like making messes.
0: You were apologizing. Was
1: like, I was the one that was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Because my six-year-old self couldn't hold the whole thing of juice mm-hmm. and not, you know what I mean. And I made a big ass mess. Yeah. And it yeah. ended up like, it's crazy because, like, as an adult, I see how like the inability to make mistakes. Oh my god! As an adult, do I struggle with it? And we had one. There was there was one day, and this was like I I still think about this day because it was like one moment where I I think it was the moment where I was finally able to like really relax with Marcos because Mm -hmm. like like just in the sense of like. Not being perfect because I still, I felt like yeah. there were still things of me that I was trying to be just perfect. And like, mind you, I'm, I've always been an extra over the top person. So like, I love to like yeah. decorate and holidays and this and that, but I would always set myself up with a little bit too much to do. Never knowing yeah. when to like scale back and then blow up and feel overwhelmed because I added all this stuff. So yeah. there was one day we went to Ikea to go buy, oh God, I think we went to go buy, a, it was a bookshelf. We went to go buy a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. We left the kids with my godmother. We we're like, we're going to make this a date thing. Come on, let's go. Ran out to Ikea, <laughs> picked out this bookshelf. I grabbed this thing and I, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. He said, did you check? Did you double check? I said, yeah, that's the one. Loaded in the car. Got home, only to realize it was the black one, not the white one. And I already had mm-hmm. all the white stuff, so I needed it to match. And he's like, oh man, he was like, you didn't check? And I was like, oh man, he's like, I, I said, I didn't even check for the color. And he goes... That's right. He was like, you just take it back during the week. And I was like, I'm not going to have time to go back this week. And he said, you know what? Let's just go right now. Call and make sure that it's okay that we go and do this. Call my Nina. My Nina's like, go for it. Take your time. They're fine. I said, okay, load it back in the car, drive out. And like, Ikea is not a 15 not minute drive. So yeah. 35, 40 minute drive if I'm lucky and don't catch traffic. So at this mm-hmm. point, I'm like, oh my God. And we're in the car and I am just like, I'm waiting to be, Told something about my mistake, about me. I'm waiting to mm-hmm. be told that I was dumb for not checking that, whatever it was. Like, how could you not? And now we have to go back. Like, I was waiting for this whole thing, and instead he says, "Oh, we can grab some ice cream while we're there now." I Aww. was, I literally was like, I looked at him and I was like, what. He goes, Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, let's go get ice cream. And I had and I just sat there just like quiet. And he's like, What's wrong? And I said, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. My brain and my body are not in sync right now. And he's like, What do you mm-hmm. mean? I said, My body is stressing. It's it the stress levels are going up. I could feel it. I said, yeah. and my brain is like, you're not in trouble, you're not in trouble, you're not in trouble. He's like, I don't understand. I was like, I was not allowed to make mistakes. And he's like, how are yeah. you supposed to learn? I was like, exactly. I said, now we see it.
0: Now mm-hmm. we know.
1: You know what I mean? And you have like super influential, successful people. Everybody telling you make mistakes. It's okay. But I grew up not being able to make mistakes. And now I have yeah. this person telling me, you made a mistake and now we're getting ice cream. <laughs> like yeah. i got rewarded for this, you know? And it was yeah. just like. It just really was like, it was a shock. It was a huge shock to me. And it was just like, it It just made me think of like something as simple as like, I spilled the juice. And I'm a very, I'm still to this day, a very clumsy person. I was a clumsy ass kid, like really bad, really bad clumsy. Yeah. And I was not allowed to make mistakes or make messes or anything like that, because then that somehow reflected on me as a person. Yeah. I, it, 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 it just, it baffles me. Cause it's like, I don't want to do that. Like if I make a mistake, if I make a mistake as an adult, because we do make them, I'm going to apologize to my kid. If I raise yeah. my voice, I will say, I'm really sorry that I yelled at you. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling upset and I'm, and I will be completely honest with them. And I will tell them I am learning how to control my own emotions too. Yeah. We're learning together and they're, you know, and they will accept that apology. And so that was, that's been like a big thing that we tried to like model with the kids is like saying, sorry, because we are not perfect. And I don't want them to grow up with this unrealistic expectation or think that everything is their fault or the rephrasing yeah. of things from you made me mad. You frustrated me. No, they didn't. They had a reaction and they felt some type of way and this is how I reacted to it. But I have that choice to say, no, I'm not going to get up there with them and yell at them and you'll get into this like match with them. I can choose. That's my choice. And if I made the choice to get upset and not have control over my own emotions, then I'm going to apologize because it was not his fault that I got mad like that. I got overwhelmed. I got overstimulated. Mm -hmm. It is not on you.
0: Yeah. And that's actually like, that's Really cool to see or like to hear have it modeled like to an older child. Cause I do that mm-hmm. with Oliver too, but I feel like because he's still so little, like I don't think he understands what I'm saying. He's starting now to get to a point where if I do raise my voice at him and I apologize and I ask him, like, can I give you a hug? Now he'll tell me yes or no. And when he says yeah. no, it's like the worst thing in the world. But <laughs> it's also like, I'm not gonna force, like, yes. you're still kind of upset with me because I raised my voice at you. And one of the things, and like, I think back and I'm like, that is so crazy because there is no reason. And I tell him this, like, there's no reason anybody should yell at you like that. It's like over anything, but definitely not over something like he spilled his food on the floor or anything like that. And I always make it a point because I know eventually one day he will understand me to tell him like, nobody can yell at you like that. Not even mom. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I grew up was. But those are my parents like it should be allowed because those are my parents and like they wouldn't do they wouldn't do something to me that they knew would harm me. Mm -hmm. And I've i am actually one thing I am really grateful for is I've been able to have conversations with my dad more recently where I've said to him like I was spanked when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up getting spanked and then it got to a point where my dad kind of made the decision of like, okay, I can't spank her anymore, but he could tell me he was going to spank me and it was it caused enough fear that it like, I was good. Mm-hmm. And I tell him like, cause he always says like, Oh, you know, she's the good one. She, she's like, she's not, I, I never worried about her um, taking a risk and getting in trouble because she, she was just like good. Mm-hmm. And I would tell him like, now as an adult, everything that you praised me for has actually held me back because I'm so afraid to challenge authority so much so that I've had multiple jobs where I've been mistreated by like a supervisor Mm -hmm. and I've taken it because they're my superior or like, I don't stick up for myself, even amongst like friends or family where I'll feel like you did something to me that wasn't cool, but I'm just going to take it, I guess, because you're my friend, like, you know, and, and I think that's, that's one thing that's, huge that I want my kids to know, like challenge me, like tell me mom, you, okay. Yeah, mom, I made a mistake, but I don't like how you talk to me. Like, I don't like that you said it to me like this. Were you ever, um, did you get in trouble for talking back?
1: Oh my God. You couldn't talk back. You could not talk back. It was, um, there were times where it was like, if you talked back, I remember like, I think you have to do this like once or twice where I got like popped in the mouth never again yeah after that it was like yeah, you just cannot- like a- you could ca- mm-hmm. yeah and it was that that was it and that was we were spanked also and we were like it was to the point where like i know and, and i always tell my parents this like i didn't listen to you because i respected you because you spanked me i didn't listen i i listened to you because i was afraid of you hitting me i i, yes. I didn't follow yes. the rules because i was like oh my god i respect my dad you know that no it was because i was like oh my god i don't want to get hit i was afraid But of in return yeah. it made me sneaky it made mm. me sneaky i was the sneaker The, the and, I, and I, mean, I mean my mom doesn't know half of the stuff but it's like half the time when i said i was at so-and-so's house we were at so-and-so's house then we were going to a party and then we were like so much that happened because yeah I, And and i think to like now as a parent like i think to myself like oh my God, the things that could have happened while I'm out, who knows where. And my mom doesn't even know where I'm at. Yes, yes. Because I didn't want to say what I was doing or whatnot. And I think like, and now we tell, you know, the oldest one's 13. So she's starting Mm -hmm. to like, want to go to the friend's house and this and that. And I tell her like, no matter what, tell us. Tell us where you're at. Tell us who you're with. Like, Mm -hmm. I will come and get you and you will not get in trouble, but I need to know where you're at. I said, because what if something does happen? You don't even know where your kids are. at. You don't even realize your kids are there or whatever. And, and it was like, we couldn't, we couldn't talk back. We couldn't disagree. Everything had to be, uh, tell them what they want to hear. Literally tell them what they Mm want to hear, whatever it was. Well, there was some made up story that I was going here when in reality I was doing something else that didn't matter what it was. It was like, I, you have to show, well, for me, I had to show up the way that they wanted me to show up which was she can do handle on her own stuff we don't have to take care of her she's responsible Mm -hmm. she's blah 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 like all this stuff and i did not realize it until now i was very much so like depressed when i was Mm -hmm. like a teenager like like older wise like i even think about like my first relationship and girl, you remember him. Remember we went to the mountains I do. for my birthday?
0: Yes, 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 yes. I found my
1: scrapbook the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to show just these pictures because it was us <laughs> and Big Bear for my 17th birthday.
0: This boyfriend yeah. that I
1: had was verbally abusive. I was in that kind of relationship at mm-hmm. 16 and I got into it at 15, six, like three years of this. Yeah. What business did I have as a kid going through that? None. But it was like, yeah. I didn't know how to leave. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how And you couldn't to talk to your parents like, about it. I couldn't talk to my parents about it. And there was no way for me, like, how am I supposed to stand up for myself if mm-hmm. I... And, and, and be able to say the way he's talking to me is not right if this is the way I'm talked yeah. to all the time and I'm supposed to just accept it and sit back and be like, okay, because... My parents are the ones that are talking to me like this or, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I, so I, I was also in a verbally abusive relationship, but I was older. I was 21, I believe. And it was only, I was only in it for like a year. But I, so for me, the, the, what happened was I had had my very first boyfriend in high school and my dad had finally like caved and let me have, had, uh, have a boyfriend and here I come with this like image of what like a relationship should be and like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to get married and we're going to like do all, like all these things. And, you know, you make adult decisions thinking that a relationship is going to last for a long time and it doesn't. And I grew up feeling um, like like you had to live by the rules of the way my religion t- like brought me up. Ah, uh, yes. And- yeah. And I and I I didn't. So when that relationship ended, I was like, oh my God, because of what I'd hurt, like nobody's gonna want me because Mm -hmm. I'm dirty, because I'm tainted. Like Mm -hmm. so here was this person who saw a very young girl, and he was five years older than me. Like sees this young girl, sees whatever, vulnerable, whatever. And I start and like I was like, okay, this is a relationship that has to work. And when the like Verbal stuff started. it was like, Oh, like, how do I get out? but it was the same thing. I had so much fear for my dad and so much fear that if I told him this is happening to me that he's gonna like somehow it's gonna be my fault, like mm-hmm. how could you be so dumb or whatever that I just yes. never said anything and Carlos and I have had conversations about that relationship because Carlos was the next relationship that I had, and i mm-hmm. a a lot of the um the like walls that I had built up were mm-hmm. because I was like oh I'm never like no one's ever gonna do this to me again no one's ever gonna yeah and I think I came off very I came off very hard and cold with him but we talk about that a lot and I'm like it's really scary to think where I would have ended up if I would have stayed in it just one more day like it's really scary and those are the things yeah. I don't want my kids to ever feel that and I, I don't know what the experience is for I mean I'm sure men go through similar experiences mm-hmm. but it's like I say to him I don't want my kids growing up in a home where they think they have every like get out of jail free card because they're a man. Like, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, and like to this day, I feel like, and I think my, my, I I mean, I can't speak to my brother's experiences, but I do see that there's a way about them that it's like,
1: there's just different different. things you
0: can get away with when you're a man.
1: Absolutely. My brother, the same thing.
0: Same
1: thing. And I think, I
0: don't want that. Yeah. You know? 100%.
1: 100% and that was one when when we got pregnant with the twins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I the whole time even when I was pregnant with the girls I really wanted a boy and I really really mm-hmm. wanted a boy and one of the reasons for me was I wanted the opportunity to raise a man the way I felt men should be should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean like I was like I had been through so many crappy relationships with like uh, douchebags and yeah. one one really nice guy that because it was not <laughs> my normal I was not into that much craziest yes. thing ever to like now in yes. retrospect think back and be like oh, he was such and I, and like I have like uh, mad love for this person like he was a, he was a he's a great person and he would have given me the world and I was like no because yeah. i just did not i didn't it wasn't me i i didn't want that i was just like how like i it was not attractive i think because i was programmed to like want these like dysfunctional people which yeah. one of the things is like the emotionally in a, in a, unavailable people have yeah. been my people and like he's working on his lack of like mm-hmm. emotional you know stuff but like it was like i that was always what i went for because i think that's what i got I had yeah. I had a roof over my head. I had food on the table. We had whatever we could ask for. I needed. We got, but the your emotional basic stuff, needs were
0: met. Your yeah. basic
1: needs were met, but not our emotional needs. That was just not yeah. a thing. That was we didn't. We you you're crying like. What do you have to cry about? Or you're upset. Well, someone has it worse, and like it was mm-hmm. like your emotions were never really like validated. And I think like that's one of the biggest things like with my kids the way that i'm doing things is like you are gonna have your emotional needs met because that impacts you in so much and we can provide with the rest of the stuff easily but the emotional stuff is like what we really focus on a lot with them because i feel like it makes a difference with all your relationships your friendships your family like everything (laughs) and that's how it was like with me with the boys was like oh my god i wanted to have sons so bad because i was like I want to be able to, to have that contribution to the world. I felt like, I want to show you guys like that, you know, it can be done and whatnot and not to say like, they're going to be perfect because they're not going to be perfect, but just the ability of them. First of all, understanding that I don't care who you are. You are not disrespecting a woman. You know what I mean? Like that whole situation and the fact that like, you're not going to get away with stuff because you're a guy. Because my brother absolutely has had a very, very different experience growing up in the same house, even to this day. And one of the things that, you know, and my sister and I talk about this, too, is like he gets whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. He gets whatever he wants. And he says, like, no, he doesn't. And it's because blah, blah, blah. But truth is he got away with a lot more than we did because he was The guy and he was the Mm -hmm. sports one so that it was like all this attention focused on him because baseball and and you know what i mean like now i'm like i don't want to do that with my kids either they need to understand that there's consequences for things Mm -hmm. and that there's correct and and respectful ways to treat people while also holding up your boundaries and being able to say like no Um, and one of the biggest things is like teaching them if, and it, it, we mostly it's just us here at home, right? But like with with myself or, or even with Marcos too, sometimes where they're just like on you and they're hugging you or they come and they're like, you know, like just touching you. And it, I I need space. I said no, please don't do that. I don't like it. And they keep doing yeah. it. You need to understand when someone says no, you need to stop. That is one of the yeah. biggest things that I tell him and I tell them. And you can say no too. Yeah, because you got men walking around thinking they can do whatever they want.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And and I'm like, I'm
1: not raising that.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. When when we found out that we were having another boy, uh, I think Carlos was a little bit bummed out because he wanted a like there was a part of him that always wanted a girl. Yeah. And he's like (laughs) – one day he tells me, Jess, I feel like – and I don't know if this is like weird or not, but I feel like God sent me two boys because I – like. Like I'm gonna raise good men. And I was like, no, that that's like a hundred percent how I mm-hmm. felt. And I think part of the reason why I was really reluctant to have a daughter was because at the time I was like, I can't look into a little girl's eyes and teach her how to stand up for herself when I don't know how to do that yet. And I didn't want to basically like raise another version of me because I'm like, I'm setting you up to fail. Like yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. So now, now I'm just like, it is really it is I'd never felt the pressure or the weight of what it means to be a parent until I, I consciously made the decision that I was going to do it differently. Because mm-hmm. you're really raising the next, the next generation. Yes. And it's like the, the, the hardest thing in the world. But then you see these little moments of like your hard work paying off and you're like, oh, I did that. Like that yes. was me. And yep. I think that that's really cool. Something that you do that I thought was really cool. And again, I saw this on your social media. Um, Where you had said, like, when you say no to one of your kids and somebody says yes, you follow it up with, I said no, and so and so is not respecting our boundary. And I thought, like, whoa, because I I was like, I would love to do that because I think it's applicable in so many situations. And it's not a jab at the person who's saying it's okay. But it's hard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so
1: hard to even say it
0: because yeah. there's times where i'm i find myself in those situations where i'm like hey right now you're kind of overstepping me as a parent and if you're doing that how 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 do you expect them to respect me as a parent mm-hmm. but to be able to call it out like i'm sure it is hard like it
1: it is like and it, and i've gotten more comfortable um because a lot of a lot of it um comes from the grandmas i think a lot of the times a lot of the times mm-hmm. it was the grandma's. My mom kind of keeps a little bit more quiet now. Um And I feel mm-hmm. like my mother-in-law still does not but it has to be like, and it has to be me. It can't necessarily be him. It just comes off differently. Mm-hmm. And at, it just comes off more. Mm-hmm. um I feel like because of our culture, the matriarchs are the matriarchs. Like the dads, yes. sure, but like they don't really see them as like involved as like we have... To them, it's like, oh, my God, look at him. He changes diapers. Oh, my God. But like, you know what I mean? They're like, just like, for you. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hmm, that you do all that. Versus for us, it's like, uh, yeah, this is how we want it and need it to be, right? So it doesn't necessarily yeah. come off the same from him. It has to be from me. That's another reason I think why I have such a hard time uh, being in, uh, especially with family and situations where he goes solo with the kids. With his dad's side of the family, I have been very outspoken. With his his grandma, Hmm. I have a relationship where like I can tell her. Like one time they suggested that I spank the kids, and I said no. And they try to tell me the story of like where they there was this little boy and he wasn't listening and he spanked him and he told me you know what you know it was because I love you and I said no. I said I don't think you're grooming them to accept certain behaviors. You love them. I was like I don't think so. I said if you're I said if Marcos comes and makes a mistake. And I hit him and then I tell him I did that because I love you. Uh, That's called domestic Mm -hmm. violence. But you see it that way with an adult and you don't see it that way with a child. I've been able, I think to be so straightforward with them that it made me more comfortable and kind of being able to do it in other areas. However, when I deal with my mother-in-law side, it's very different because they are all Mm -hmm. very um, alpha females. And so I, do get into like head-to-head discussions and like kind of like arguments where i yeah. do find myself having to be like at the end of the day having to say something like these are my kids good thing you had your chance this is how i'm gonna do yeah. them and this is how i'm how i'm doing it because a lot of it will be like go give them a hug and it's like oh no they don't want to okay so mm. then they're gonna be like i have candy if you give me a hug and i'm like oh, so does the weirdo that I wants to touch that. my kids Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the understand, the thing that they, that I think they don't understand is that whatever we model as their family and as their, their, um, first, uh, experience to the world is what they're going to generalize as being normal and okay. So if it's okay for grandpa to trade a candy for a hug, then it's okay. It's okay for for the stranger to, you know what I mean? Like that whole idea. And being able to say it comes from a place of anger, usually. To be honest, mm. at that point, I feel like, no, I don't think so. And one of the hardest things for me was like, you, you've you known me for as long as I can remember. Yeah. I was always assertive. I was confident. Yeah. And she, yeah. she just... When I became a parent, it was like the freaking floor under me just was like shaken up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to do that anymore. I all of a sudden felt like a child again. Everybody's telling me how I need to raise my kids. And I am not in a position where I felt like I could tell people, no, I'm not doing it your way. I'm not blah, blah, blah. Until I had Leah. When I had Leah, Mm -hmm. that's when I kind of became a little bit more like that. But when I started therapy, it was like the really the big shift was because At that point, it was like, I was in a conversation with a therapist where I was telling her, like, I used to be confident. What Mm -hmm. happened? Like, why am I not confident now? And it was like, I tied the confidence to like independence and having everything together. And when I started to struggle with my day to day, just with like my anxiety being so bad, I felt like, who am I to be confident? Who am I to go and mm-hmm. and and be assertive about my kids to somebody else when like I can't function really? I felt like I couldn't function. Yeah. And I had to just be like, no, like they're still your kids. They're still your responsibility. They're still yours to protect because everybody can love them and whatnot, but at the end of the day, they're yours and they're your responsibility. And and you are gonna be the one that's up late at night worrying about them when they're out or this and that. I want to know that who my kids are when they go out into the world, whether I'm around or not is, is what I, what I feel makes a good human and, and yeah. just like kind, kind accepting, like, you know, assertive and, and know that it's okay. And that who cares if this uh, older lady said that you were being rude, like, don't be mean, but yeah, stick, you know, stick to your guns. and, and it, and it's just in dealing with the older people in general, because we were raised to follow the rules and not question authority, even as moms, we second guess what we can and can't say to people when at the end of the day, there are kids. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we're just we're just wired to to bend over backwards for people and do what everybody else wants us to do and whatnot. And it, it just, it just got to a point where it just was like, how's that all serving me? It's not, I'm instead yeah. here stressing out over every little conversation and interaction with, you know, in-laws and my parents and the grandparents and whatever. What's the stranger going to think if I say this instead of blah, 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 losing sleep and like really, really bad for mental health. Like just when I say stress over every little interaction, <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, sitting there thinking of. Preparing myself for like 10 different things that could possibly happen when I go here. And how am I going to be verbally prepared to like have some sort of smart response, some sort of justification, anything Mm -hmm. other than these are my kids and this is how I'm doing it. You need to respect it. And the biggest line that has just stuck with me from the very early on in therapy was you don't need to agree with it, but you do need to respect it. And that's
0: been like my go-to.
1: That. That's been my go-to. Yeah. We'll yep. leave you with one one because... bit of
0: <laughs> Yeah. That's That's it. Boom.
1: <laughs> that, that was the one. No, if you took that. anything
0: away, take this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And honestly, like, oh God, I could talk to you all day long. I first of all, I I want to applaud you because what you're doing is incredible. Um Thanks. you are you are living through like very like you with your with your kids very different stages of life with all three yes. of them. So like, like, at least with me, they're still kind of clubbed together where it's still like one category. Um, so one amazing job there. Um, you. And you're handling like this little social media, like empire that you're creating <laughs> that in <laughs> Trying, itself and working really hard. I like, you need to come back because I want to do an entire episode about like, just yes, all of that. Let's do it. That, That is just wild. Um, But also, like, if – and this is for anyone listening, like, this is your mom friend. Like, I don't know if you remember this. I remember this so vividly. I had just had Oliver, and I was struggling. Like, I didn't feel like anyone understood what I was going through. I was struggling. And at the time, like, it had been some time since we had connected, so it's not like we were talking all the time. And you messaged me and you asked me how i was doing and it opened up this entire dialogue of conversation one i was sharing things that i felt nobody would understand and you did and then you started talking to me about like how i could set time oh, wait for like t- set time mm-hmm. for myself and all of these things and it just it created this you became this like sounding board for me to that any time that i had a question or or like felt just off you became this person. And the advice you give is so real. It's it's so like, like, you can literally go off and like make someone, which is funny, because for you to say that you sometimes don't feel like this, like you can go make a mom feel super confident about what she's doing. And I think like, that's huge. Like, you don't make me cry. (laughs) No, seriously, like you have such a (laughs) such an, like a reach with your platform. And so many people can go off and and take the numbers that you have and not spread like the wisest info or like the nicest info and like you're out there doing like the real things and this delicate balance that you have between real life but also keeping it private and like you you're relatable and you literally like were the like life jacket that I needed when I was drowning and you didn't even like realize it so thank you thank you for that oh well and um (laughs) (laughs) Like, just, <laughs> and you need to hear it more because uh, i'm sure you don't uh
1: i feel like i try to especially i feel like when you when you first become a parent this the idea of and expectations and this like unrealistic oh my god it's just gonna be so wonderful and fun and, and amazing and there's gonna be mm. nothing but joy and how could i possibly ever be upset at my kid or or whatever -hmm. It's so overwhelming that, like, when you start to feel all those feelings, you really do feel like a horrible person. First of all, for even feeling this way because you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to, and then you really do feel like you're just the only person, and no one's really going to understand. So I try to like check in, especially like at first when you're just when you don't know what you're expecting yet, right? And that shift is starting to happen. I'm like, how are Mm -hmm. you? Like, are you okay? Because I remember that was, like, a big in-my-face thing that was very different. It was very different when I had my oldest one because I was still living at home. I was with my parents. My parents helped raise her for the first five years. I was trying to juggle school and everything. And it was very different than when I had the responsibility of Leah. And then when I had the responsibility of the twins. Like, all those changes have been, like, so huge. And so, such, like, big shifts in who I was who I felt I needed to be and who I could realistically be for myself and for everybody Mm -hmm. else and it was just like one of the biggest things is like I don't want to paint this pretty but isolating picture especially through my work like yeah if I lose it I'm gonna tell you because you have no idea that like Amount of people that come on when I if I'm having a hard day and I share it and come on and are like oh my god you made me feel so much better because I was having a really crappy day and I was feeling like the worst mom in the world yeah and then they you know or or yeah. and I and I and I constantly audit my social media and ask like why why are you yeah. still here what keeps you here and it's always the same thing you make me feel not alone you make you're relatable like mm-hmm. and it mm, have being a mom can be incredibly isolating and and yeah especially when you're navigating things like this which is not trying to repeat the same things that have been happening for generations then you're really at a point where there's only so much you can go to your mom your aunts your family yes. members because there's gonna be an area where they're just not going to understand where we're coming from and that's just you know you also have to be um Like, I'm empathetic to the fact that, like, they also have uh, almost like a limit to what they allow themselves to be aware of and conscious of and accept. And Mm -hmm. they have the capacity is just not there. And we are trying to build that capacity for us and for our kids. And that is extremely isolating when you're not just trying to do what everybody else is doing. So you're fine just talking about everything to your family members because they're going to understand you're trying to do things completely mm-hmm. different who am I going to go to that's also trying to do things completely different well you part of it you don't know you 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 yeah. you, you don't know like who's doing things that way who's doing things this way when you're going to say something that rubs off wrong with the other person and you're just like with the oh, other person snap. you know I you know mm-hmm. maybe that's not how you find yourself in conversations where you're constantly having to be like well for me or like maybe not for you but like yes. you know Because you're trying not to hurt the other person or upset the other person or feel like um, if they don't connect the same way with changing these generational cycles, does that mean that they're not going to want to be around me or be my friend or this and that?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it it just makes it all more isolating to not want to repeat those same things. So I'm here. You know that I'm here. My phone is always <laughs> open for you uh, for real like it, it really is like i i I feel your struggle and yeah. and it's like you have to we have to consciously build our village. It's not this automatic thing that just happens. you have to yes. find your people yes. and make your circle of the people that really do understand you to a point where you're comfortable enough with with being you and sharing your your mistakes and vulnerabilities um and I wanted to tell you and I I know I told you this before but that I'm really proud of you for doing this because it's a big jump and I know you had been wanting to jump into the space some way or another for a while and you hadn't done it and when you were like doing it and like now you've been doing it I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) like I feel like you have to like rip the band-aid off you know what I mean and then you then you just, you just roll with yeah. it. And, and I just want yeah. to tell you that that's awesome because it's not easy to talk about things. It's not easy, especially when you have these conversations and you're talking about the way your parents raised you and this and that because you don't want to hurt feelings. But then these are your experiences and this is your truth
0: and you have yeah. to just own it. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you were able to spare some time with us because I know your schedule is so Absolutely. busy. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. But we'll schedule another one.
0: <laughs> yes, we need to we need to do like a follow up. Check in and see yes, how we're we all do. doing.
1: I know. How how is this? Hit me up in the middle of the summer when I've already right now I'm two weeks into summer break and I feel like I'm killing it.
0: But <laughs> we'll see in another two. The curveball is gonna come. Oh eventually. always.
1: Always, always. <laughs>
0: Never fails. Well before before I let you go, um I I have some like mutual friends on my Instagram that follow you, but for those that don't, where can people find you?
1: At Mama Bear says um M-A-M-M-A-B-E-A-R says um on social media. You can find my blog. I am everywhere and I am your
0: uh your everyday <laughs> relatable mom. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make shirts now. (laughs) Come and find me. (laughs)
1: That's going to be the next thing is shirts.
0: Oh my God. Well, thank you so, so much. I've already taken too much of your time. Um, I love you. Love you too. We'll talk soon. Thank you for coming on already. Bye. (laughs)